0: Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm Richard Bliss, the Game Whisper, and you're listening to episode 67 of Funding the Gr- the Dream. And before we get into the regular show, I wanted to tell you about a project on Kickstarter that's doing fairly well. It's about to end, it's got about just under two weeks to go. It's called Top This, a pizza flicking game, and it's from our folks at Uniforge who did Frank and Die, one of my favorite uh, games that my kids very much enjoyed. If you get a chance, go out, take a look at their project. It's on Kickstarter. It's called Top This, a pizza flicking game. And I think you'll have an opportunity to back it before it uh, it runs out. You know, I have a unique guest this episode. We have uh, with us a gentleman who is both a board game and video game designer. And we're here to talk about uh, a well-known game property, but in a slightly different venue. And my guest is Clint Heron. Clint, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thanks so much for having me on the show.
0: Well, Clint, we are talking today because you are an independent board game and uh, video game developer, right? That's that's how kind you kind of label yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, that's a pretty good description.
0: Okay, and you have – currently you have a uh, board game – well, it's a board game dice game out on Kickstarter right now, which we're not going to talk about, but we're going to mention, and that is uh, Pirate Dice, right?
1: That's correct, yeah. Pirate Dice is a uh, – we're – it's a published version of a print and play game that uh that I published up on board game geek and uh it got noticed and picked up by a publisher and uh, we launched it on Kickstarter and it's doing uh very well and we're very very happy with it
0: now you don't uh you don't pay the bills though with uh board games right
1: uh, not usually, no.
0: No, I think by uh, trade, we've been talking, you're a software developer. And so you have um, a very well-known property, Alien Frontiers, and you are developing in the, and the genius behind the Alien Frontiers for the, iPod, the iPad app, right? That's correct. So tell us about that. So how did you get to this stage where um, you are, that Alien Frontiers has allowed you kind of to do this? What What happened?
1: Uh, well, Alien Frontiers, uh, is a, is a game that I, that I first noticed shortly after the Kickstarter, um, uh, funded and I was, I was bummed that I missed out on the Kickstarter, but I was able to, um, uh, get in on the pre-order program on the, on the first edition and I ordered a case of the games for myself and my friends. I read the rule book and was instantly hooked, uh, was very, very impressed with, uh, with the game it was like nothing i'd ever seen i i had never seen kingsburg at that point but but alien frontiers totally captured me uh and since then i was a big fan of the game and uh david mckinsey the publisher of alien frontiers posted on board game geek uh and mentioned that he was looking for um a ios developer for alien frontiers and i wrote him saying hey i'm a i uh i'm a software embedded uh uh, programmer by day but at night you know for for years decades probably i've I've programmed games in my spare time as a way to just keep myself sharp and just for fun and I said that I would love to take on alien frontiers as a side project and he said that sounded great uh, i I coded up a, a a quick demo i think in a weekend I had a basic demo where you could roll dice and it would show you which which uh, which um, orbital facilities you could dock the dice at, and and it had you know simple animations and and uh, game logic behind it, and it was a decent start, you know, in a weekend, and he was impressed and liked what he saw, and so said, "Hey, great, let's uh, let's see what we can do with this."
0: So tell and- me, tell me, Clint, how many weekends has it been since that demo? <laughs> <laughs> it has been
1: seventy or eighty weekends since then. It's oh, been oh my gosh, been about a year and a half. Yeah, it's been a lot of weekends, a lot of late nights. Uh, some some days, it's it's definitely a slog to kick myself uh, to, to keep working on it. But other days, it's just I just can't put it down. And so, so
0: is this uh, so? So our listeners understand um, iOS development in this case. This isn't. It's taken this long for two reasons. One, I think, is because you've been doing this basically. In your spare time, not doing your you've got a day job and then you're coming home and doing this and right the, so that strings it out a little bit, and then the other one is this is fairly complex i mean a, normal development is complex, but this is fairly fairly complex right
1: this is this is a a more complex uh game that i'm uh than than Many board games it's it's certainly not nearly as complex as something like Lahav or whatever, but it is it is very very complex in its own right with uh, with some unique challenges
0: well so let 's talk about that because when you play the board game i 'm a uh, alien frontiers fan I have a copy of it. When you play the board game, you get no sense of what we just talked about an extreme complex game it seems actually on the surface a very simple game roll the dice, make your decisions uh build your uh you know your colonies and away way you go—it doesn't seem that deep and complex. So, what's going on here?
1: Uh, have you ever played with a, a player who suffers from AP? Have
0: I ever played a what?
1: Uh, uh, sorry, a, with a with an opponent who suffers from analysis paralysis—is what we call it, yes, AP. Yes, right? Yeah. And so, Alien Frontiers um, is is notorious for for its its long, just you're so free to do so many different options, and a lot of them are near equivalent, but not quite. And if you're the kind of person who who is gets just getting stuck trying to maximize everything, um, game, min, <laughs> the minutes can can tick by quickly um, if uh, as you're you're paralyzed trying to figure out your next move in the game.
0: Good, so valid point. I'm in the software business. You're in the software business. So so in this case, it, the complexity is because there are so many options as as a human playing the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't see that as complex That just take that's just okay, it takes a lot of time and then I figure it out, and I make the decision. But for a software uh, algorithm to do that an AI to do that it's got to, it has to take in all those considerations and then you have to code in a decision making matrix right
1: right well, I mean there's a couple of different approaches that you can take when writing an AI um, for for a game i I don't want to go into too many of the details but but this is an educational podcast um so the the first kind of AI is a heuristic AI, and basically you you preload the the AI with a simple set of instructions, uh, where it says you know if you're able to use the colony constructor, use it. Um, if you're able to build a ship, then build a ship. If you're able to do this, do that, and and you basically give it a whole list of instructions and priorities um, where you. Uh, it's a very simple expert system, to use a technical term for it. Okay. Um, but that, that kind of AI struggles in a, in a game like Alien Frontiers because there are so many options. So if you, want to te- you, know, if you just want to teach them how to build a ship, um, well, if you can build a ship, then build it. Well, what if you have a booster pod? Well, OK, if you have a booster pod and you have fuel to use it, then and you've got two dice that are adjacent to each other um, in value, then use the booster pod and then build the ship. Well, if you have the pole foothills, you get a discount on using the, the, the tech card, and so you don't have to account for that fuel. And, oh, if you have the stasis beam, or if you have the gravity manipulator, or if you have the polarity device, then you can modify the dice. And, oh, but if you can't afford to get a tech card... And you can get a booster pod and then use it, provided you still have everything left over. The options just, the things that are obvious to a human are not nearly as obvious to a computer. Okay. And they, the list of, per, to, to, and so you, we quickly um, go into what's called an exhaustive AI, where it just goes through and it checks every single option of what it can do. And the option set for a game like Alien Frontiers easily runs into the tens or hundreds of thousands of of possible moves that you could make in just a single turn.
0: It sounds like uh, almost like an encryption It's just a brute force attack, to uh, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, and 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 similar to that, the the AI uh, is highly specialized at this point, and it does a lot of things to to call the option set and 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 attack attack this brute force problem, uh, more intelligently.
0: Got it. All right. So let's, so this is a big project. It's taken a long time. Now we've made, brought it to Kickstarter. This is a, this is a franchise property that has done very well on Kickstarter, right? It's first, it was one of the top funding in 2010. It was only $14,000, but in 2010, that was a lot of money on Kickstarter for a board. Yeah. It then did $76,000, um, and Clever Mojo Games actually had two projects running simultaneously, uh, Sunrise City and Alien Frontiers Factions, which raised a little over $100,000, which in 2011 was a lot of money. And so here's, here's a project that's got a lot of backers. A lot of people know about it. It's been at the top ten list two years in a row. And so out comes the, this uh, Kickstarter project for the iPad. And how's it going?
1: It's struggling.
0: Okay. It is definitely
1: struggling. It's uh, currently, yeah. Let me pull it up. You probably know better than I do at this point. Um, it is currently uh, a little over halfway uh, funded, and about a week left in the in the uh, in the Kickstarter.
0: And so this brings up a really interesting point because when we see the news and all the buzz on Kickstarter, what we're seeing is double fine, right? Three million dollars, uh, Wasteland <laughs> Two, you know, two million dollars. Um, all these. All these video games are making all this money, yet if you look at the analysis deeper, you'll see, I think I've referred to this huge gulf, because then you've got a few winners and then a whole lot of losers. What makes it so hard to fund a property on Kickstarter? Because Alien Frontiers should have a great backing. I Actually, you have 400 backers on this, and for, for a project with 400 backers, you should be very successful with it because I think you're asking for fifteen thousand. You're you're about seventy seven hundred with four hundred backers. You would think that you'd be easily be able to make that. What's what's the causing some of the difficulty here?
1: Well, I think that I think that it's a uh, uh, several layers to that. Uh, for for board games, uh, the the it's a very niche market, and so it works very well. in something like Kickstarter, you've you've talked about this before, um, and the um, – and so the, the number of, of backers um, can be, can be um, low or high depending on, on how you're looking at it, um, but it can be relatively low for a, a high investment and you can get uh, a good amount of funding from that. Uh, but video games uh especially in today 's market, especially on the the app store market uh, don 't carry the same you know forty nine ninety five or seventy five dollar price tag that you get with board game uh, physical copies of board games you know your apps are running four ninety nine nine ninety nine fourteen ninety nine uh, at the most very rarely do you see uh, a video game nowadays being sold for more than twenty five dollars um and so, when you're dealing with the the, the hobbyist market of, of board games, it can be difficult to um, raise a lot of money at such a low price point. And so, that's one that's certainly one challenge. Um, I think another challenge would be a lot of the the limitations that are that were were sort of tied to make this as interesting of a backers are normally used to having, if that makes any sense.
0: No, it, do, uh, it doesn't quite. And, and uh, so are we talking about the pledge levels?
1: Yeah, the pledge levels and the backer rewards and uh, stretch goals and things like that uh, can be a little bit um, difficult. Apple um, has some interesting restrictions that, that are placed on iOS games on Kickstarter that are different than if you're distributing a game through something like Steam.
0: Okay, so what kind of differences?
1: Well, for one, Apple um, is very um, – uh, just so that people know, Apple's uh, pretty strict about not selling anything to customers through any avenue other than the App Store.
0: And so if you're back – so what they do is they look at Kickstarter and they're like, ah, you're trying to sell the app through another vehicle other than iTunes or the App Store.
1: They could look at it that way right if you did this differently. And so um, every single person who purchased the app through Kickstarter, um, we will actually be gifting the app to them through the App Store.
0: And how much does that cost you to gift it to
1: them? Uh, the, the retail price of the app, we get no discount on that. And Apple will take their cut of the retail price of the app, um, and then we'll get our – are cut back, but it
0: So will let, have let, been, let's just be uh, clear so the listeners understand what's happening here. So you have to actually pay money to give the app and then take, you got the Amazon discount, obviously the Amazon Kickstarter discount comes off of that application, but you actually uh-huh. have to pay Apple money in order to gift this to someone and you have to pay that full retail amount. I mean, You're paying paying money to distribute it. Now, some people could argue that, okay, well, you have to pay – you have to create the board game. But we're not actually talking about paying for the manufacturing or creation of this game, are we? We're just simply talking about giving Apple a cut.
1: Right, right, because Apple takes – I believe it's a 30-70 split where uh, they'll give you 70 percent of the pie, and they'll take um, 30 percent of the pie. And so if we pay – we have to pay Apple a dollar fifty.
0: On a uh, how big of a game? I like a on a
1: game. on a four ninety nine app. We have to pay Apple a dollar fifty to give to for the to send the app to our customer. There is no other way to to get an app to an iOS device.
0: And then you have to take out the Kickstarter amount. So yes, this becomes very difficult then to get the product into the backers' hands because of their pledge level.
1: Right, and then the other thing is um, one of the coolest things about Kickstarter is that backers have incentive to back the Kickstarter. they have opportunity to get things and get access to things that they would not get if uh, they just waited for the app to come out on the app store for the game to come out on the board on the on the the gaming shelf, right?
0: Like right, that's, what, right. that's what
1: people are used to with Kickstarter, and that's one of the coolest that's, – that's one of the magic parts of, of, of Kickstarter that I personally love about it and why I probably spend way too much money on Kickstarter. Um, but uh, with the App Store, it's, it's interesting. And, and just if, – if, if you're a developer thinking about doing an iOS app, just be careful with this because, again, think about what I said earlier, that, that you are not allowed to sell anything – any content, any unlockable content, or anything else like that, you're not allowed to sell that through any means other than the App Store. So basically, anything that you sell in the App Store has to be publicly accessible. Any downloadable content that you have for the game, anybody with a credit card has to be able to get it through the App Store. And if so, you have so any there's on no
0: it. exclusivity that you can offer through your Kickstarter to your Kickstarter exactly
1: process. there is no exclusivity that you can offer to your Kickstarter backers that you don't open up to the world with a credit card, and you can 't say, well, uh, people on Kickstarter, I will give you this you know for the equivalent cost of ninety nine cents i 'll give you a discount on it, but later people are going to have to pay more for it no, you can 't really do that because everything has to go through the app store
0: they could.
1: We could raise the price later, yeah. Yeah,
0: you could. Or you could actually say for twenty nine ninety nine <laughs> you'll get a copy of the board game and the app. There you go. Uh right,
1: right, which we do have on is that, what, uh,
0: is that one of the pledge levels?
1: That is one of the pledge levels, yeah.
0: There you go. All right. Well, it is it is a bit of a challenge. And here's a so you guys have a couple, a couple of thousand dollars more to go. You got about a week to go. It's a it's a hot property and it, it's it's perplexing to see it struggle like this when four hundred backers have said they like it and that's a that's a good, solid, successful project on Kickstarter.
1: It it is. We are very, very, very grateful for our backers. We really appreciate all the support. Uh, it is, and I really hope we can bring this to market. I've been been trying to keep the the um, board game geek community updated with the Alien Frontiers progress, and I've been super pleased with it. I'm, I'm <laughs> I started this whole project as a fan, and I'm I remain a fan of Alien Frontiers, and that's that's the primary reason that I'm doing this. It's not a it's not a <laughs> I'm not going to be paid anything close to the amount of you know, the hundreds of hours that I've put in on right, this project. Right. Uh, but I love the game, and it's a fun game, and the iOS version is really good. Um, and I, I, I play it a lot. <laughs> I play it a lot, uh, just my own, you know, beta version. Uh, you know, I, I, of course, have the excuse of playtesting. You know, I need to playtest my app, which I do, and, you know, find bugs and whatnot. But it is, it's a lot of fun, and I would hate to see this bit rot on the shelf.
0: Well, I really we, want to see this succeed. Well, we're going we're gonna to put this out here. We're going to encourage our listeners, all of you who are listening. This is a fun app. Let's prove that uh, a board game brought to the App Store through Kickstarter can be successful. Go out, back it, back it often. Uh, if you've backed it, back it some more. Uh, let's see what we can do to help this out. Uh, Clint, I certainly appreciate you being on the show and uh, sharing a little bit of the insight and the background uh, behind this, this project.
1: Richard, thanks so much for having me on the show.
0: You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter, a podcast for Kickstarters. Hopefully you've heard something here that's inspiring and help you a little bit to, uh, to get a feel for maybe you go out and uh, we can see your project out on Kickstarter and, and back it for you. Thank you for listening. Take care.